It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. Yeah, I found a way. Uh, tough day yesterday for us. Uh, anytime you take two very well-liked um, guys out of a locker room, it, it's, it kind of sends shockwaves a little bit. But, um, you know, we found a way. Guys that got called up played extremely hard and extremely well. We defended well. Rhymes was great. Um, you know, they're a very good hockey team, and we've played them hard three times now this year. So... Um, you know, sometimes the better, they're the best teams in the league, bring the best out of us, and um, you know, it's a good attribute to have. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Hope everybody is having a nice day, and as you can hear, my voice is doing a bit better than it was uh, yesterday and the day before. So I am on the mend, and the voice is uh, slowly but surely getting better, and I am uh, feeling better. I was not, not doing too hot the other day. That was, uh, that was not fun for me on Tuesday and Wednesday, even though I am COVID negative which is always important. But you know what? A win makes me feel better. The Sharks had one of their most impressive wins of the year. A very, very high-quality, high-caliber character win come from behind. A great showing for Team Teal, really, to really fight back and get the young guys involved, get great performances from Noah Gregor and Sasha Shemilevsky, things like that, you know, that you just need to have going forward for the future. And while the Sharks may not make the postseason this year, it certainly doesn't look like they are going to right now, although I will readily admit that anything can happen. They are currently sitting uh, at 64 points and Dallas has 73 points, so they're only nine games out. So certainly crazier things that have happened, but I mean, let's just be honest. It doesn't look like it right now, but again, you like the fight they showed the other night, and like Logan said, sometimes, you know, the the best teams or the better teams in the league pull better performances out of the Sharks and said it's a good attribute to have. And I, I half agree with that because, that, yeah, of course it is. But why do the lesser teams not pull those performances out of them? Why do they need to have a, you know, a, a come-from-behind win against Arizona? Why have they lost to Seattle two out of three times this year? I think those are the ones that make you a little bit more concerned and a little bit more just unsure of what the Sharks are as a team going forward. And I think that they will definitely be better next year just as they were better this year so far than they were last year. I mean, we've played already seven more games than they did last year and they're, they're a better team, clearly. But when you see that they are not the dominant team against the lower level opposition, but they can play really well against, you know, the Floridas and the Carolinas and the Calgarys of the world, you just kind of, I don't know, it's a bit confusing. In Edmonton this year, I'll be very, you know, interested to see what Edmonton does because Edmonton clearly not one of the better teams they are they're good for sure but they're not like dominant they're not like the Avalanche who by the way Sharks had a nice performance coming back and getting into that game the other night I don't think that the Avalanche absolutely crushed them by any means but this is just part of the confusing nature of the San Jose Sharks right now is that I cannot guarantee with any bit of certainty what team is going to show up from one game to the next. And that's the, the, the big difference from what they were when they were, as Drew Remenda likes to say, the sexy Sharks of, you know, 10 years ago, of even, you know, six years ago. That was a different team. That was a different time. There was a relative level of stability. You had a pretty good idea of what they were going to do any given night. And I think the frustrating thing for me is that 
you know, you look at that game against Colorado last weekend, and it's like, man, before, if you had a team like Colorado coming in to play the Sharks, it was like that was going to be a big talked-about game. Two of the top teams in the Western Conference going toe-to-toe. And instead, it's the Avs, who are a great team this year, and the Sharks, who are not. So, you know, things change, obviously. Uh, to talk a little bit about the Sharks at the trade deadline and uh, heading into tonight's game, we are now joined by Sheng Peng of San Jose Hockey Now and NBC Sports Bay Area. Sheng, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm uh, pretty good. Uh, I, I'm inside uh, the airport uh, today, unlike uh, yesterday. So uh, see, it sounds like as long as the, the plane takes off, I'm going to make it back, uh, back make it back home okay today. That's good. We, we like having you uh, in uh, the United States. So that's, uh, that's a good <laughs> thing. Um, you know, it's been a busy week for the, uh, the San Jose Sharks. Obviously, there was a flurry of activity at the trade deadline. And really, you know, for all the entire season, there had been talk about what the Sharks were going to do at the deadline. And a little bit of that was quieted a couple days prior with the eight-year extension to Tomas Hurdle. But obviously the Sharks still active. Um, what uh-huh. were your reactions to the moves? And I guess we'll start with the, the big one, the Jake Middleton, in exchange for Capo Kakinen and a fifth-round pick from the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, a very uh, interesting move. Uh, I think that it's... I. Uh, I think Sharks fans probably shouldn't look at that move sort of in the vacuum because obviously right now the Sharks have three starting goaltenders, which is kind of strange, <laughs> uh, but a very unusual situation for NHL team. It's not going to last, though. Uh, by uh, next season, they'll resolve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so overall, on the players themselves, you know, Kapo Kakinen, a younger goaltender, obviously some upside. And uh, Jake Middleton, you know, you wonder if he, sort of he's a guy that uh, was at his highest value right now. Yeah. So before the season, he had been an AHL journeyman. Uh, has had a very good 45 games this season with the Sharks. But the big question with him is: Is he a true top four defenseman, or is he more, uh, you know, very good bottom pairing guy that just happened to get to play with Eric Carlson and happened to be the Sharks' number four defenseman because they didn't really have a better number four option? And uh, I think the Sharks sort of. Uh, I told you what they thought about that uh, in terms of uh, them trading them, because uh, otherwise, if he is indeed a true top four defenseman, you don't trade a guy like that that's cost controlled, uh, be loved in the locker room and all that stuff. Uh, if uh, you really believe that he's a bona fide, if you, if you think he's Mario Ferraro. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, then, uh, you, you know, you maybe trade him uh, when his value is high. It's, it's a good point. And, you know, it's interesting with the, the goalie situation. And Joe Will, actually, I thought made a really good point by saying, hey, we haven't been healthy at, at goalie since January, and it's really been it's been a stretch of Reimer. Then he got hit, and it was a stretch of uh, Aiden Hill, and then he got hurt. And it's well, been... I would contest you contest you with you on that one. If they okay. really want to make this trade, they should have made it in January. Then when they really needed that, that okay. help, now that's a, that's now a good the season. So. Yeah, that's a good point. But I think <laughs> the the opportunity though, or the 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 thought was that one of those guys, especially Hill, I think they thought he'd be mm. back sooner. But sure. to that point. And I was debating this with somebody else who they said, you know, well, Aiden Hill maybe hasn't been as good as the Sharks thought he would have been. And I said, I, I don't know, because I look at all the games that he played before he got injured. It's three goals against, two goals against, two goals against, two goals against, two goals against, and then and then a shutout. Like he's, you know, I thought he'd been pretty good. And maybe, you know, they were looking at to see if they would get a big offer for Reimer. So, you know, that, that move to me, yes, there are definitely aspects of it that they have, you know, been hurt. But... You know, is this part of a bigger move in the future? Is it a lack of faith in Aiden Hill? How do how do we interpret this? 
Um, I kind of see it in, in, in all those kind of ways. I think Hill has just been okay this year. He's obviously had some uh, excellent moments actually in Calgary. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember, uh, yeah, in the second period of, the, of, of one of those games uh, when the Sharks were, you know, had a kind of a COVID battered roster there. Uh, he made like 18 saves. Incredible that game. His last game before he got hurt, he had a shutout in LA. He was yeah. getting that game too. So you can see that the talent is there, but he hasn't really put it together for a stretch of games, uh, be it through health or just some inconsistent play. Early in the season when he was healthier, he wasn't exactly putting together a string of uh, great games or otherwise uh, uh, James Reimer wouldn't have kind of ascended like he did. Uh, so I think that there's a little bit of that, but also too, though, yeah, I mean, I think there is a bigger move here just because you don't go into a season with, with three starting goalies. That's just not, uh, just not a good use of uh, your cap space, not a good use of your roster space. <laughs> you know, there's only, obviously there's only one goalie can play at a time. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I would think that there, this is a prelude to some kind of larger move with the goalies. I don't know if, if you're going to get a lot for any one of them, uh, just because look, if the Sharks could have got a lot for Reimer at trade deadline, I'm sure that they would have done so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't, I'm going to guess that that offer wasn't there. And so, yeah, so I think the four for Aiden, uh, hopefully he can get healthy uh, by the end of the season. Cause I think it's going to be a big, uh, uh, big sort of uh, stretch of the season for him that he can really show that, uh, that he definitely should be in the Sharks plans uh, next year. Um, I think uh, with the three goalies here, uh, he's the sort of the, a poorest performer of the, of this season, to be to be honest. Uh, not that he's been bad; he's just been okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think both Cochran and, and Reimer have been better uh, this year, and so he's going to have these twenty games left if he can get healthy to show that, uh, yeah, that, that he is indeed a you know kind of a long term solution for the Sharks. Um, is there something maybe to the thought that um, getting to Bakoff is looking at guys and you know just so close to the game that he's getting the most out of guys? Like I don't think anybody saw. James Reimer having the season that he has had this year. I mean, I know that, you know, NHL insiders are not that surprised by Reimer's performance, but it feels like people were not expecting him to be this good and that, you know, maybe they kind of feel like, hey, they've been able to get, you know, an, an improvement in the performance from Aiden Hill. Maybe they can get an improvement in the performance from Capo Kakinen because, you know, if, if Nabokov is the type of guy who can see the potential with the player and improve it, I mean, it feels like that that's something the Sharks are leaning on. Well, I would, uh, I guess, uh, caution before uh, giving uh, too much credit or uh, too much blame, uh, because if we look at it just uh, honestly, uh, you know, under uh, Nabokov, uh, they've had uh, Martin Jones, they've had uh, Devin Dubnik, who have not exactly uh, uh, performed at the highest level. Sure. James Rummer has done very well. Uh, Zach Sarchenko has uh, done better than than expected. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I want to be, I guess, there's no, I guess, uh, one goalie that I would say that uh, Nabokov is either lifted to, uh, you know, uh, great heights or, you know, taken down to, to low heights either. Uh, so I think I, I, that's kind of where, where I stand on that. Okay. Let's look at some of the other moves that were made. Obviously depth moves. You, you, you trade a Nick Merkley, um, you know, you get a draft pick, you trade, or excuse me, uh, Merkley was for the defenseman from New York. And then you also move Cogliano for a draft pick. Um, and then also uh, Melnichuk, uh, you know, any big reaction, to any of those that really, you know, you had a strong response to, or was it just kind of like, hey, this is what the Sharks are doing. They are, you know, aligning themselves to have more picks for the future and then also picking up some defense, defenseman depth in light of the uh, the trade of Jake Middleton. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely the case with uh, picking up uh, Anthony Potato, just having that extra guy that can play, you know, has a lot of angel experience, can play some games if you need him. Uh, but yeah, the Melanchuk I had a bit more of a reaction to mm-hmm. because last year he came to the Sharks with a bit of a fanfare and, you know, thought that he would be the future of the Sharks between the pipes and yeah. that obviously didn't materialize. And we saw what kind of problem that was midseason when James Armour was starting 13 straight games in a row, Aiden Hill was hurt. Uh, they did not trust Zach, Zach, uh, Zach Sachenko with the start. Uh, in theory, uh, that would have been Melnichuk's uh, spot to shine. But, you know, frankly, they didn't trust him. They trusted him less than Sachenko. Yeah. Uh, Sachenko was in NHL and uh, Melnichuk was not. And so that, I think, was, uh, I think, a, a sort of a organizational failure that did not uh, get the number three goalie uh, resolved, uh, squared away by the beginning of the season or early in the season. Uh, because I think any organization needs a, a guy that can, come in in a pinch and play a good NHL game at, you know, at your number three spot. Or, you know, if you have a younger guy there, the, you know, the backup, if you, you know, the backup to your top AHL goalie is a guy that can come in uh, and play some games as an experience. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we, we can see that that was definitely, uh, you know, you talk about, uh, you mentioned earlier, like, uh, you know, that was the point of when they needed to add some goal to me, honestly, you know, in January. Yeah. And I, I don't know if the prices were too high. Maybe it just wasn't worth it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why they did not. Good reasons why they didn't uh, add a, a goalie then. But that really was the point, though. What do you think of the fact that the Sharks, even after the deadline and, and watching guys go, came back with a very much character-style win uh, against Calgary on Tuesday night? I mean, I was a little bit worried because we see, you know, in all sports after the deadline when a team sells and if their next game happens to be against a top-tier opponent, the results can be ugly. Instead, the Sharks, um, after a slow start, had one of their most, um, you know, just inspirational wins of the year and probably one of their best wins of the year. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, uh, you know, consistently since the Nashville loss, uh, the Sharks have uh, come to play. They've uh, come to play hard, uh, even if there's kind of, you know, they're not like really in the thick of the playoff race, but uh, they continue to kind of, uh, they say, play for each other, which I believe. And I think they, they're playing for their coach. And so I think these are all kind of good signs for the future. And, you know, the younger players have come in. Uh, you know, last game it was No Breaker and Sasha yeah. Other games there have been other young players who have. Uh, done well and these are sort of the the building blocks that you need going to next season because going to next season if you know everything kind of works actually in a lot of ways that uh, things worked out well for the sharks this year and so far as eric carlson even though he was hurt uh, a bit that was good when he's been healthy uh logan couture has been pretty good timo meyer has had an all-star season uh tomas hurdle brent burns still actually very good players right and so a lot of your veteran core are actually have shown this year that uh or your kind of your your younger star core like Hurdle and, Mur- and uh, Meyer have, have all shown that they have a lot of game. Uh, what they'll need help uh, is a lot of the support areas. Your bottom six, mm-hmm. uh, your uh, bottom, uh, your bo- bottom pairing defenseman, middle middle pairing defenseman. You, you you need a lot of help from your younger guys there. And uh, the Sharks look a little more promising there this year and going into next year than they have in recent years. What was uh, your reaction to the? Um benching of Noah Gregor and his plays since. I know that you posted a really uh, interesting um, gif he made on that uh, pass from Brent Burns that set up Couture's game-winning goal. Uh, You know, the message appears to have been sent. You know, Gregor has such a great, uh, you know, physical skill set. It's just the the little things are missing because he he works hard. He's detail-oriented on defense or getting better that way. He's not making critical errors. For me, the problem has been he just... He misses the open net too consistently, but he's actually, you know, it seems like the message is getting sent and he's had some great games since being sat down. 
Right, right, right. I, I think, uh, you know, I had to kind of, uh, you know, uh, I guess, uh, uh, suss out the, the message, right? Like, Bob didn't bench a no-breaker because he wasn't finishing. You know, Bob said flat out that, uh, you know, his practice habits need some work, and there were maybe some, like, detailed things that were slipping. That's why uh, Noah got a bench there. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, Gregor is a, is a player that I've seen grow a lot over the last couple of years, even though the goal scoring obviously isn't there. But a lot of the detail areas actually have been uh, quite impressive, the growth from a couple of years ago. And uh, I think a benching a guy like him, even though his game has grown so much, is is a good it's a good thing mm-hmm. insofar as I, you know, holding the players to a standard. And it's the kind of same standard that uh, Bob has held guys like uh, Timo Meyer to, Kevin LeBanc to, insofar as if they're not performing well. I don't think, uh, well, actually, uh, Kevin LeBanc was healthy scratch. I don't think Timo Meyer was ever healthy scratch, but he certainly was benched in games. Yeah. And so it's just, kind of you need to hold those younger guys to that to that standard of play and that's a standard of play that is going to lead to success standard of sort of winning two-way hockey uh that will lead to success for the franchise in the long term and so yeah so i don't really see as too much of a bump in the road of a guy like a noah Breger or you know there's every virtually every sharks uh, youngster this year has you know taken a game in from the press box be it jasper weatherby or william eckling when he was here uh and and whatnot and i don't these are not necessarily bad things or uh, huge punishments, you know, it's ways for guys to reset, uh, ways for guys to kind of, you know, figure out that, you know, even though they've played well and shown a lot of, you know, talent and show that they do belong here in a lot of ways, that there is still a little more that they can give to be uh, winning NHL players. And just uh, before I forget, um, you know, obviously they're looking at uh, Kanijov coming back at some point, or at least he's he's progressing. They gave us more of an update right. on that than they had uh you know, we don't have a timeline per se, but it sounds like he's getting healthier. You know, the, the argument about the the team having depth at defensemen, I guess that was something that I really didn't see um, coming. It was kind of proven during the first COVID breakout around yeah. um, Halloween. Are, are you surprised by the relative depth they've had at defensemen? Yeah, yeah, I, I will. I will give him some uh, credit for that. Uh, you know, I think the way the Sharks are constructed is they have a very obvious top three of defense of Burns, Carlson, and a uh, Ferraro, and then they have a lot of guys that can give you uh, good minutes, and they have more guys that can give you good minutes than uh, sort of sort of thought. You know, at the beginning of the season, guys like Malosh and you know Magna has come in, and uh, Merkley has played some good minutes, and Vlasic and, Sh- and Shimmick can still give you good minutes here and there. Uh, I think uh, overall, though, they need to kind of uh, work on that middle layer. Mm-hmm. There, uh, where Middleton and Kanijov were, uh, but uh, they, you know, need to find maybe another true top four guy. But just in terms of, so in terms of maybe like their high end, they can use another guy maybe. Uh, but in terms of just how many guys they have that can play and give you a decent minutes, is actually was uh, was uh, pretty impressive uh, all in all. And actually, another thing to mention too is actually the the prospect pool for uh, defensemen. Um, those are the guys that I, I think Joel didn't quite say it, but I, I think that uh, it's sort of in his message that uh, if you look, if you think about the Sharks' best forward prospects, right, Thomas Bordalo, mm-hmm. Brandon Cole, Gushin, right, those guys are gonna are not you know going to be they're probably not going to be immediate angel contributors. They're a little bit far away, right? Yeah. Uh, you hope Eklund can step in there, but you don't know, right? If you look at the Sharks' best goaltending prospect, Ben Goudreau. He's a couple years away, right? Uh, but if you look at the Sharks' best defensive prospects, Ryan Merkley. Uh, our Kemi, uh, 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 
Kenyazev. I always have to pause. <laughs> <laughs> Confuse him with Kenyza. <laughs> Kenyazev. Uh, and uh, Santeri Hadika, right? Uh, those guys all play with Barracuda this season. They all have one pro year under their belts. And so they're all guys that maybe one of them can make the jump next year. And so uh, overall, the sense is that, you know, the, the best Sharks defensive prospects are closer uh, and uh, yeah, unlike unlike at other positions for the Sharks. And so that will also add to their death next year. Shane, appreciate your time as always. Keep up the great work, especially the gifts. I find those highly educational and I love the stuff that you choose to highlight. Uh, so keep it up, man, and we'll talk soon, all right? Yeah, thank you, man. Again, that was Shang Peng of San Jose Hockey Now and NBC Sports Bay Area joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. Remember to join us for pregame coverage, which starts this afternoon at 5.30 here on the Sharks Audio Network. Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda with the pregame coverage and, of course, the call of the game broadcast, which will start at 6. And then, of course, join me tomorrow morning for Morning Tide as we look back at what went down between the San Jose Sharks and the Edmonton Oilers. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.